spread a console, the golden disc. Maximals came after them and they crashed both their ships. Landed on the earth with two moons. They fought in the beast wars. I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast. War and beast. We talk about. Welcome to the Warren Beast Podcast, the podcast that recognizes when a spark like an episode goes online, there's great joy. I'm Greg. I'm John. I'm Jordan. Is it okay if I introduce myself? Is this the right time? And I'm Kendall. Yeah, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just remembering last week? Yes, yes. I was I was referring to last episode when I gave up. All legs to stand on of crea- of uh, saying how the show should be run. I have I relinquish all creative control. It's okay. Just say I've become everything I ever hated. Just 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 throwing out. Oh, that sounds harsh. It's like Anakin. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Well, I, I don't, it's like, I mean, the thing is, I don't hate, like, really bad things. I just hate, like, kind of things that aren't exactly where I want them, what I want them to be. So, therefore, everything I ever hated. Uh, You're annoyed more by small imperfections than, like, outright mistakes? Yes, yes. Gotcha. But there were no mistakes this time, so it's all good. It's like, it's anyway. like, if it's like my wife, when I started dating her, she had never seen, uh, this, the original Christopher Reeve Superman films. That's forgivable because it's a big wrong. But I've known other, <laughs> but like, but like, if I meet somebody who thinks that, uh, that, uh, what's his face in Dark Knight, uh, Heath Ledger's the best Joker, like, then I, then I have real problems with that person. <laughs> You'd probably have right. problems with my son then. <laughs> this is an interesting scale. I like. <laughs> anyway. This week, uh, we reviewed episode... Oh my gosh, it's episode 15 now, isn't it? We yep. are well over halfway now, because there's only yep. 26 episodes in the season. So yes, we have, we have reviewed episode 15, The Spark. Pretty good episode. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Definitely some, some cute moments to it, and of course, we'll, we'll give more of our thoughts towards the end. But yeah, so that's the episode. And so Kendall, if you would like to take it away... So uh, IMDb doesn't have a lot on this episode. It's it's so funny how like certain episodes have actually a decent amount of trivia, and some of it just has like almost none, and there is no correlation to how important the episode is. Um, <laughs> so this episode actually very important. This episode introduced and defined the concept of smart sparks, glowing orbs that serve as transformer souls to the transformer mythos. So that's like huge i mean that's something that, yep yeah yeah you know it's yeah. in the it's in the michael bay movies that's how important it is 
Yeah, they do it to this day. And I think the TF Wiki mentions that pretty much every series afterwards tends to incorporate it. And they even retconned it for uh, Generation 1. Right. Which is cool. Um, In Japan, the episode was called Hayabusha Sensei Air Razor. Or Falcon (laughs) Warrior Air Razor. Nice. And this is, of course, the second episode where Cheetor has a prophetic dream. He hears Rhinox That's speak right. the last words of the episode mm-hmm. before the end, which uses his natural cheetah abilities. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although he does it when he's in robot form, so that's weird. Um, hmm. Although I didn't. It's weird that that was a prophetic dream. I almost felt like it was not a prophetic dream. I yeah, was it wasn't. It wasn't Rhinox clear if it was just Rhinox in his head talking to him, or like a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's. Well, I, 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 I was going to say the last time there, w- it wasn't really clear either. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the crappy version of prophetic where it shows you exactly what's going to happen or be said or done, but no context, so you have no clue where it's coming or what it's going to do. Well, this was like even more so than the last one because the last one was clearly like a dream. All mm-hmm. this one was like. It could just be Rhinox in his head being like, I'm exploring stuff to Cheetor. The only indication that it isn't is after they get off the... After he wakes up, he's like, man, that was weird. And Rhinox is like, tell me about it later. We got shit to do. <laughs> Which implies he doesn't know what the fuck happened. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's the only indication. That, that part. He, yeah, okay. He, he, that, said it, that, yeah. he said it was ultra gear. Yeah. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh witty 90s dialogue where would we be without you <laughs> i love it so, yeah um, were there were there any other uh, facts or jordan that you found on the tf wiki well uh i could point out the cheaters youth thing again because that's still funny if you ask me <laughs> sure where where he taunts black arachnias uh calling him like slow or whatever as calling her ugly which you know as as we said it seems that he just at this point in his in his life cycle, he th- clearly thinks she has cooties. Yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, I think she was in Spider Form when he said that, and she's not very pretty in Spider Form. <laughs> doesn't she like form. ask this, how, how she dances? <laughs> yes, with, with those really with so tiny legs. legs. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There was also. Uh, it also mentions that this episode kind of further confirms that you know they don't really need to say their activation phases in order to transform. I mean, uh, Tigertron once again, you know, stops someone well, someone stopped again in mid command phrase with Tigertron and Scorponok, but Black Arachnia doesn't even say anything when she transforms to to attack him. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, I think there's two instances where she transforms and doesn't say it. Yeah. Um, also, as a just in general Transformers that I was t- talking about earlier that was actually kind of interesting is that apparently Air Razor's toy wasn't designed to be female. And Bob Forward and Larry Tilio is that how you say yeah. it? Tilio? Uh, wanted a larger female presence on the show. And so when they decided to use Air Razor, they asked Hasbro to change the pronouns for the toy's bio uh, to be female. And Hasbro just went ahead and did that. Good on Hasbro. I mean, yeah, and and for the two of them as well that they wanted to have an additional female presence on there, like definitely kudos for that. 
Yeah, that was cool, but they they literally just changed the pronouns and didn't change anything else. They weren't like, oh, like she's one kick-ass lady or something like kind of like <laughs> like hammered in how she's a badass woman, which is a lot of ninety feel shit. Need did. to make yeah. it a pink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have to yeah. change the pronouns. No big deal. I like that. Um, what's it also mentions how Rhinox refers to Transformers race as Cybertrons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that Cybertronians. Yeah, Cybertronians, <laughs> like he, which is probably like one of the most earlier things, like one of the f- first times they mentioned it in Beast Wars, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because pretty much up until then, the, it's strictly Maximals and Predacons. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's that's even even if you look in like in universe, like you know, there's probably more than one name for a person from that planet. Mm-hmm. And and uh, this actually is a bit of fun trivia that someone pointed up, is that Airazor is the first character in Beast Wars, apart from Optimus Primal and Megatron, whose name doesn't really di- directly reference the animal she transforms into. And this pattern is largely followed for the, next, for the rest of the series. Like, they don't normally just keep with uh, a name that tells you what they are. And then in parentheses, they mentioned, and a good thing too, otherwise we would have ended up with Ant- Antricon, Wolf Eaglebot, and Scorpacobanok. <laughs> Wolf Eaglebot. Uh. Scorpacobanok is really good. <laughs> oh my. So, I mean, the only other thing to mention is just how Airazor's gender was a, th- a thing in Japan. And I don't yeah. know if we want to get into that or not, because well, it's, it's all on the wiki. If you if you guys if you if you guys just want to like let's say you know check it out for yourself or not. Well, I mean, they just well, give the, the basics. Like they yeah. they they kept Airazor as a guy in the Japanese version of Beast Wars, but s- s- made him like an effeminate guy. Yeah. I guess pretty much. Yeah, and and there was, but they did actually have the um, the relationship between Tigatron and, and Airazor still. So, which is which is in, you know interesting that they were more more sexist than homophobic in in uh, in Japan. So, actually, I'm going to look something up here because I'm curious. Kind of the opposite of what they did for Sailor Moon, where they. Yeah, right. They, right. They, yeah. they, they turned a gay relationship straight in the dub, mm-hmm. and it's when they turned the straight relationship gay. Yep. And I'm all I'm all for more gay, but I'm also all for more female characters. So it's a little bit like so. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going ba- on the basis of this, but so back in '97 is when the Ellen, like the Ellen sitcom was going on and that was when they had that big to do about Ellen coming out as gay yep and there was the big controversy about it so with that being said when did this episode air in Japan I don't think um, Ellen affected Japan media <laughs> oh, no, but Japanese like, media I should say uh, December of 97 Ah, okay, so it would have been right around the same year. Okay. Right around the same time, rather. No, because I was just curious, because if it, if it had pre... Because when I think about, like, milestones to do with that in television, uh, Ellen was the big one for me that I remember from back when I was younger. 
Well, they made a whole website called After Ellen because yeah. of that. Like, was a big. I just shift. think it would it would have been kind of cool uh, if it had been before Ellen, and that we would have had that sort. Of, yeah, I mean, sure, it would have been in Japan, but it would have been neat that it would have been before Ellen, but it was in a kid show. Well, like I said, Sailor Moon had yeah, like yeah, Sailor Moon oh, yeah. In, in the first season. Yeah. Of Sailor Moon, I think had, I think Japan. Uh, Japan is strangely like both really not like it's a, it's the, the society is pretty homophobic, but they have a lot of gay media there. It's like it's yeah. yeah I mean, but, I know, but the, Japan's gay, the gay weird. media. It's like they're a whole other country or something. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, though, but I mean, I mean, like because like. Like in a yaoi manga, like the the social sh- stuff of like being gay, like hardly ever comes up. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. not a because it, it's not important. That, that's because because for one thing, yaoi manga isn't directed at gay men; it's directed at women. So they're not they don't really care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a ton of media about like gay relationships, but it's not really progressive, really. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's they're coming up with like more stuff where like. Uh, gay lesbian happening more in main like anytime it happens in mainstream media, I feel like it's more like um, a little bit more progressive. Like in Sailor Moon, having the two uh, lesbian Sailor Scouts and then, like the gay relationship between the two villains, or like in a uh, spoilers for Sound Euphonium. Sound Euphonium is a show about a concert band in high school that just happens to have a gay main character, which is pretty cool. Um, but like usually, a lot of media directed, a lot of media with gay people there isn't actually progressive. It's kind of just um, exploitative toward to like up to appeal to women. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But I can so see. We, how tried. we thought it might have like, been a milestone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here here's something that might cheer you up. I was looking over the wiki again, and it mentioned, and it has like quotable, you know, quotable moments and stuff. And it has Waspinator's "Who dares attack Waspinator?" line. And the tagline, instead of just saying, you know, Waspinator, it says, a better question would perhaps be who wouldn't dare attack Waspinator. <laughs> Very true. I mean, how many times has he been scrapped by his own people? Oh, God. <laughs> like, who does attack Waspinator? Everyone dares attack Waspinator, because he's not that deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, I've decided my dead tally is completely arbitrary and not accurate. Um, <laughs> just because of, I was just about to ask you, Kendall, how many you were, times you were right at, in the very first episode that I was going to have to make a special situation for Waspinator because of how many times he's gotten blown up. I what decided pterosaur, like this episode. Wow, this yeah. this episode I'm counting as a pterosaur death because I arbitrarily decided that it was it was enough. Like I mean, it lo- even though like. Yeah. I was kind of saying like they had to actually say the character is dead, um, <laughs> but it's more fun just like when it when they really 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 look like they're almost dead or like you know when where if it was a where if it was a even slightly organic thing or our concept of human they would be dead. Uh, yeah. So and so yeah so my dead tally not super accurate but I do have it as three. Because I felt like this episode's Waspinator getting owned was pretty, like, it was it was pretty bad. And I decided I'm going to be a little bit looser with it, because the numbers aren't going up as fast as I thought they would be. <laughs> oh my god. You know what we might have to do someday, is we might have to put the tally up on the website. 
it'll it'll be sort of like the is Tommy Evil dot com. <laughs> Only we'll have it we'll have it on our page and it'll be here's the death tally so far. Yeah, I mean I've got I've got Megatron is at three, Optimus is at two, Waspinator's at three, Scorponok is at one, all Predacons are at one, so actually add one to all the Predacons. Um Dinobots at one and Pterosaurs at one. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's where we're that's where we're at now. Cool. So yeah. This episode, uh, just getting started here. The episode starts in space. Uh, we've got a very uh, nifty sort of picturesque Earth with two moons, even though we don't see the moons in this shot. Uh, we sort of see the sun off in the distance and something sort of passing in front of it, which turns out to be another one of the pods. And as it passes by the camera, it then gets smacked by a bunch of meteors and starts spinning out of control. Did anybody else almost get a sense? Like, have you guys seen any of the later Doctor Who episodes or like the intro of Doctor Who when the TARDIS oh, yes, is like TARDIS, sort of yeah. spinning around? Yeah, I hadn't thought it of that. It almost reminded yeah. me of that. Yeah, it, it, hmm. see that. Yeah. It sort of looked like that to me. But uh, so it, it starts going through the atmosphere. And we do get a mention from the the onboard AI saying damage to hatch seals and internals, attempting to initiate emergency sequence. And so as it's starting to go through the atmosphere, we then cut to the dark side and Tarantulas is manning uh, sort of like a, a radar station, I guess you could say, or a sensor station, and it picks up something coming. And he asks the computer to identify, and it identifies as a maximal stasis pod and he asks it to calculate the landing coordinates and the computer says it's acknowledged and then we get Megatron's Tyrannosaurus head appearing on Tarantulas' right hand side <laughs> it's very kind of creepy sneaks, sneaks it up like a puppet yeah well, you think it, it's his like T-Rex face like he's in T-Rex mode but he's not he's he's just doing his like hand he's yeah. like it's kind of actually like kind of hilariously playful for Megatron to do it like that because yeah. it gets Tarantulas to turn around to his right and then Megatron's on his left and he's like oh found something and <laughs> so Tarantulas is uh, sort of stammering a bit and then the computer son comes up saying trajectory of maximal stasis pod erratic impossible to compute exact landing coordinates and then Megatron's like ah it's like best estimates, and then Megatron, it, Megatron's like, "Oh, come on, tell me where." Yeah, <laughs> like, "Oh, come on, just give me where it's probably gonna go." And then it it says Grid Scavos, which I thought was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Never heard of Scavos before, but and then it gives I, some coordinates. So I, I was about to say, like, it's almost pointless having like the uh, like estimate where it is, but I guess I guess it's saying that like we don't know we know what zone it's in, but we don't know exactly where it's going to land in that zone. I guess that's what it was trying yeah. to say. Or we don't yeah, know we don't know a hundred percent that it's going to land here, but we know eighty three percent. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. it is in that zone. Spoilers, but like I mean, so I thought like, what's the point if it's just going to tell them exactly where it is? But I guess it, they don't tell them exactly where it is. Just a yeah. pretty close approximation. Approximation, and I mean, I maybe they did tell him a little bit off because, like, it does obviously take it takes even though it's in Predacon territory, it takes it takes the Predacons that are already over there in their territory more time than it takes for the maximal for three independent sets of ma- uh, maximals who are just like out doing their thing 
to run into it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, Cheetor and Rhinox see are falling, but I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I kind of see the Dinobot. Sorry, I was, I forgot how what happens. So Tigertron, but yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'd be like, I, because, I, because like, they, they know what zone it is, but it's probably like a big zone, so it's like, yeah, we know it's there. It's just like the Maximals happen to get to exactly where it is. Yeah, it might be faster. like five hundred meters. Mm-hmm. Might be five hundred <laughs> meters. <laughs> Pretty big, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> running joke here 500 meters or at least a call my wife wishes i could go 500 meters <laughs> and then go 500 meters more yeah <laughs> oh, fine, yes there's my bad joke there's my bad joke for the episode <laughs> i liked it i liked it because it's like implying like like the original is like i would walk 5,000 miles it's like i would walk 500 meters and i mean after that you can just fucking forget it <laughs> <She went to work. laughs> <laughs> so yes um, we get uh, Megatron realizing that the pod is going to be landing inside their territory and then he asks the computer to identify the closest units which happened to turn out to be Scorponok and Black Arachnia and then we get Tarantulas who's very eager to get on his way he's like I'll assist with the recovery my programming skills and then Megatron cuts him off and says are needed here Black Arachnia will do fine Send them, and he's like, and puts. That's foreshadowing, isn't it? Yeah. Why he wants to go to a pod? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Not just you know, not just the program. Yeah. He wants more. He wants another concubine. He's gonna find another female spider. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna get a find a female brown 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 recluse to. Oh Jesus! That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only other kind of spider I know. And then, well, he, and then the, another one that's legs? a daddy long legs. Oh, but if it's a daddy long legs, then it won't. I mean, like I guess. I mean, it's fine. In I Australian. guess like, tarantulas just goes both ways. It's cool. I'd hate <laughs> it if they had found like a, a Australian funnel web spider. That would have freaked me the hell out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a, I had enough spiders. I'm actually surprised that these spider guys didn't creep me out more as a kid because I was yeah. pretty terrified of spiders. Yeah, but I guess they're kind of. The goofy enough looking that it doesn't. Yeah, it, you, know. you weren't scared of Tarantulus's outer uh, looks. It was his personality that creeped you out. Yeah. <laughs> and his filters would adjust. <laughs> anyway, so Megatron sort of puts the kibosh on uh, on Tarantulus leaving, and uh, he tells uh, Tarantulus to order Pterosaur and Waspinator to be on alert for maximal presence in that same drop zone as well. As he's leaving, Tarantulus mutters under his breath, Tin Tyrant, and Megatron goes, Treacherous Erected. <laughs> I didn't catch that when I, I watched. I love how, how uh, like, it's, it's, I think they do that a lot around Tarantulus and, and the Spires in general, where, yeah. like, they, they all agree that no one can trust each other around these people. Yeah. No, definitely. So yeah, I mean, none of the Predacons. Like you've got, you've got <laughs> the only reason Megatron's in command is because Scorpionok and Waspinator are on his side. Like all the rest of the Predacons are in it for themselves, <laughs> pretty much. And Waspinator is like an easy sell. Like if you if you could convince him that you're stronger than Megatron, he'll he'll do what you say. Yeah, or if or you're just nice to him or something. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> Bribe him. Like you could, you could trick if 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 uh, if 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 Tr- Black Arachnia and Tarantulas got you know 
actually decided to work together because they're spiders and apparently tarantulas thinks that spiders will if it's another spider they'll work together and then they just tricked uh they just tricked waspinator into thinking he was their leader then they could take they could take on the rest of them they could even just be like waspinator is so powerful i need you as an ally it's just a <laughs> right, helpful right, right, asset yeah, yeah. Like, Yes, Waspinator is the best warrior in the group. <laughs> mm-hmm. They probably could even get uh, uh, Pterosaur on their side if if it meant that you get to take down Megatron. If, oh, if, yeah. if Megatron like tripped, you, you, Pterosaur flips. So I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> he stops his Megatron's like, Megatron's like, like now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pterosaur would definitely. I mean, I think the thing is that we've se- what we've seen is. If anybody takes down Megatron, then the rest of them fall in line with whoever takes him down. Um, yeah. But I, th- I don't think that Pterosaur would would just go along unless Pterosaur thought that he was then going to be able to lead. So it'd be, it'd be or a little at least bit tricky put in a position of power. And ter- yeah, it'd be a little bit tricky to get wa- to trick Waspinator and Pterosaur both into thinking that they were going to lead. Yeah. yeah. Although, yeah, you know, uh, the spiders, <laughs> that's sort of their thing, is being tricksy, so. Oh, yeah. They're tricksy yeah. hobbitses. <laughs> <laughs> so, getting back to the episode, we, we cut from the dark side to this sort of, almost like a geyser field. Only it's like, yeah. it's an energon geyser field, as we come to find out. Like it. It is a pretty cool effect, and we we almost get a uh, sort of Lion King esque uh, outcropping, and Rhinox <laughs> walking on it, surveying the like scene. <laughs> yeah. and he's just sort of looking around, you know, admiring it. Uh, and what's the line that he says? Uh, he's like, "Plenty of energon, but none of it stable enough to use." He's like, "No wonder the Preds don't mind this area." He's like, and he starts to say something, and then he sees the pod up in the sky, and he's like, "Oh, okay." So he he transforms, and yeah, and uses his maximal vision, as we've alluded to before. Apparently, the maximals are able to you know have telescopic vision. Yeah, and he he zooms in and realizes that it's a pod, and his first thing is to try and radio in to back up. Because he's in the Energon field, he can't get anybody. And so he's like, slag, too much Energon interference. He's like, looks like I'm on my own. Well, so, in an area with, lots of geysers of Energon just exploding. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, it makes and sense. so what is he, and, and instead of transforming back into beast mode, he just yeah. hops off this cliff and just starts running. <laughs> That's kind of my point, was like, everything, everything he just did, he could have done in beast mode. And then yeah. he would have had like more like standard job. He would have had an extra minute and, also, and a half. Yeah. Even though I'm not sure. I mean, rhinos are decently fast, and I mean, it, I mean, four legs is always gonna be faster than two. So I don't understand mm-hmm. why like he transformed at all <laughs> beyond the whole idea mm-hmm. that. He, I mean, they kind of like make it so that oh, he can't use his weapons. I mean, maybe that's it. But I mean, he he wouldn't have used his weapons anyways. The position he was in. Yeah. So so. Uh, this is completely off topic, but I promise it'll be quick. Have we ever <laughs> answered the question of like who would we cast in a Beast Wars live action movie? Is that a question no. that we've had? Well, we eventually we will. It, uh, somebody <laughs> will eventually ask that, and I just want to say 
Andy Serkis, the voice of Go- Gollum, would be a perfect Waspinator. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That would be really yeah. good. We can just, yeah. just make a make a note of that for like when somebody asks, <laughs> who would you cast in the... Because that's always a question that comes up on these sorts of podcasts. So. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. If Don't nobody asks, else question. asks it, then I'll ask it like under a fake Twitter name. <laughs> I do have a I do have an old uh, fake Twitter I do have an old Twitter account that I was going to use for a thing called at Mega Meowth. Maybe I'll have at Mega Meowth tweet at us. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work now that I've said it. I don't know. Whatever. You, you, you maybe see. I apologize for the interjection. <laughs> no apologies necessary. That was a good observation. I think it would work. So we we get Rhinox hopping down off this cliff and he starts booking it and we then cut to Cheetor who is apparently sitting in a tree just sort of scoping stuff out almost like this savannah-esque uh, area that he's in I really the, there's there's two points that I have in this episode and the other one is going to be later but Kendall because last episode or maybe it wasn't last episode but the episode before you really hated the the, the background like the the like the right. all of the land mapping that they did i think it has to do with the lighting uh-huh mainly because this one looks a lot better to me oh yeah yeah i agree mm-hmm. I, I think and it, it, looks, yeah. it looks way better yeah and it it almost it's um because in the future seasons i find that it, the ambient light gets a lot better to make it look you know, more realistic. I found that this is very similar to what we'll see in like season two. Mm-hmm. So, but so I mean, they're making they're improvements. Just, they're learning, they I guess. Oh, definitely, I'd say. No, it uh, definitely looked a lot better. So we we get Cheetor who realizes that oh my gosh, there's a stasis pod because you know he's able to to see it falling too. Only it looks like he's not nearly as close. Uh, so he's actually able to radio, and he he radios into Tigertron, <laughs> and apparently Tigertron is Com Scout One. So <laughs> Tigertron responds, and Cheetor's like, "I spotted a stasis pod. It's coming down in Grid Vega." So apparently they have better naming conventions for their grids than what the Predacons did. Yeah, I, I want to say that I think it's really cute how how um, Cheetor like paws his chest. Like yeah. you would if you were like on the Enterprise and you were calling your convict. <laughs> yeah, they 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 do that occasionally. Like, uh, Primal's done that quite a few times too. Like when he's trying to hail someone. It doesn't look do- as awkward with a gorilla though, because gorillas do have hands. Yeah. It's like it's just like imagine <laughs> a cat doing that, like just batting <laughs> himself. If there were other cats around, they would totally make fun of him. <laughs> Or does Silly he terrify that they're talking again? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Notice he's alone in the tree. He chased away no, no. all the other cheetahs again. Yeah, but he's not alone because remember it pens up and there's that uh, that hawk staring oh, out. Oh, oh yeah, oh, falcon, <laughs> the falcon. Yes, yes. Which I can't decide whether I really like or really hate that they do that where they. Um, for they did this for they did it for Tigertron and then they do it for this like the one other animal is the one that the exact model of that 
ends up being the 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 thing. Oh, it's with like, the foreshadowing sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's foreshadowing, and I mean, I guess like as a as if I was the target audience, a you know ten year old kid in the mid nineties at six o'clock in the morning. I mean, I, then I probably would have been like, "Oh, it was that the thing from earlier." But as a as a um, as a, as a grown person um, analyzing this and uh, making an episode that's many times as long as as the uh, actual episode, going frame by frame, it makes it a little obvious. I, I just wish yeah. that they would have, when they designed this, that they would have anticipated that people would be talking about it on podcasts. <laughs> Uh, 20 years later. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, when I first started watching the episode, I'm like, is this the Aries episode? I hope it's the Aries episode. And then that happened, I'm like, yeah, it's the Aries episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, even if, like, they occasionally, because I feel like they don't have other animals, like, ever. No, they I mean, don't. Not that often. Like, every now and then yeah. they'll have a little mouse or they'll have, like, a bird fly by. Or a snake or something like that. Yeah. But, like, Which, again, and like, again, like, the mice, like, that are exactly the same model as Rat Trap, like, I don't know whether I like it or I hate it. Mm-hmm. And, and but they're yeah. smaller. Which is yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're small, but they're, like, yeah, it's the same, you know, the same uh, computer file. Uh, well, yeah, and that's an, unfortunately, that, that's just mainly a limitation of the technology at the time. Cause... Yeah, well, they th- they should have thought about that uh, before. <laughs> they should have yeah, advanced should have more technology by 20 years. Had different skins, at least, usually. Yeah. <laughs> should have been brown mice instead of instead of gray mice, like Rat Trap. And I just, no, I'm not even saying that I don't like it, because, like, I kind of do like it, and it actually shows that, like, that like they actually are scanning and basing their animal forms on the animals that are around. Um, like it's a good storytelling device. It's a good, it's a good foreshadowing device and probably is, I, I just, I don't know. Like something in my gut doesn't like it for some reason. Like I like, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's like, Oh, this is the, Oh, okay. So this is the episode that air razor shows up that completely eliminates any, Suspense and even even not knowing even if I didn't know who Air Razor was, like see I'm like oh that's not a lizard or a bug, so it mm-hmm. must be a good guy. Yeah, yeah, true enough. Yeah. So just before um, we move on with the scene, I I did want to point out that we did we do get like a cute little uh, exchange between Cheetor and Tigertron, because uh, Cheetor radios Tigertron to radio back to base and let them know that there's a new stasis pod. And he's like, uh, it's done, watch yourself, little cat. And then Cheetor's <laughs> like, always do, big cat. Uh, so that's <laughs> so kind of cool. Cute. It's like big brother, little brother. Yeah. And then we go to Scorponok from Black Arachnia, which is kind of more like angry younger sister <laughs> or older brother. Yeah, yes, yeah, because is like Justice Megatron said. Justice Mega—he's got like the Jacob Tutu thing going on again, where he's repeating himself. Oh God, Jacob Tutu! That's yeah. And, and Black Arachne is like, "Don't you get tired of groveling to that?" And then she she says it in such a way. It's like to that Saurian. Yeah, I like, like that. <laughs> That's maybe. such an insult. We're arachnids. Let's stick together. <laughs> Dirty and of course, yeah, and of course, make uh, Scorpionop 
is like, well, Megatron is our leader. He re- rewards loyalty and punishes those who oppose his will. And she she responds with, "I'm all a quiver," <laughs> like this, just oozing sarcasm and cyber venom. Yeah, that's it. So, Greg, I'm uh, I'm actually watching the episode as we go for once. And yep. when you just said the Scorponok line, it lined up perfectly with his lips. Um, oh I think you would do a good job voicing uh, Scorponok in this show. Just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Kendall. Maybe, maybe someday. Oh my God! Well, imagine we'll, if we'll we do... redubbed an episode or fan, something. Fan dub, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll do, do the um... Beast Wars abridged. I was gonna say <laughs> oh. abridged. <laughs> Just do it like the. Do it like, like they did with the uh, the abridged kind. Just have it as like a four minute video. <laughs> All this wacky stuff. God, I you know, the, you know, Greg. Though I will say, as much as you worked, as as much as you lined up well with Scorponok, if you were a character on Beast Wars, you would definitely be Rhinox. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, oh, if you were like, if you were voicing Rhinox? a character, you would de- you yeah, definitely yeah. have the have the voice of Rhinox. I think of 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 all of them. Oh, okay. as long as I got to do Eeyore Rhinox, that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I would be very happy with that. So yes, getting back to the uh, the episode, we we then cut to uh, the the pod uh, crashing into this sort of it's sort of like the outskirts, I would say, of the geyser of the Energon geyser field. Uh, there's a lot of rocky pillars around. It sort of crashes into like this crest, and we get Rhinox leaping down into it, and he like. You know, when he jumps, he shakes the ground and then he runs over to the pod. It's like sort of having energon surges and there's this big rock on top of it. And he winds up getting a surge and this will come into play later. He winds up having an energon surge and he says, "Uh oh, warn. And then his AI is like warning energon concentration in danger zone. And this would have been the perfect time to have had some music from Top Gun, but. You know, maybe, maybe highway I'll... to the danger zone. There we go. There we go. Thank you guys. Otherwise, I was going to have to put that in there, and I don't want to have copyright infringement. <laughs> hey, fair use. Fair don't use. do copyright infringement on uh, podcasts. True. Yeah, true. So, uh, Rhinox uh, tells his AI to divert power from from weapons array to field dampers. So, I, I've got a question. Why do they have weapon? Like, what exactly is their weapons array? They have the thing that powers their guns, I guess. I guess. Like, I mean, some Maybe of the terms it makes more sense than others because, like, I mean, like Dinobot shoots lasers with his eyes. But I mean, I, I was just about to say, maybe we were right, and they all have eye lasers. They just keep forgetting to use them sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we we have established that weapons are part of their body. I mean, that's like, true. Uh, but I mean, like, if this is a thing, this is a thing they can do. It's kind of interesting, and I want to be able to get into that again. And it kind of explains how, maybe, like we were saying, like why is Optimus like shorting out before these other characters in um, Victory? And it could be like he's diverting more power to his weapons mm. or his jetpacks than they are. Like you know what I mean? Like mm, yeah, it kind of explains that kind of stuff. Like it, they don't outwardly really say it ever. Then, 
but they make it a plot point in this. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like in this, I actually feel like it doesn't work other times. I feel like he's kind of pushing it, pushing himself to to the limit. Like I would bet that his his chain gun isn't is an energy weapon. I feel like probably all of them, except for the ones that are like specifically firing missiles, are are probably actually energy weapons. And mm-hmm. so that's it doesn't sound like one though. It sounds like a machine gun. Like they must like the the the, the legs on the on the spider ones. Right. Oh I, wait. Actually, I I I hate to say it, but I think it might actually be bullets that it does shoot because as we'll learn later on there are times where he does run out of ammo well i mean yeah but it could be the energy uh, i suppose yeah that's true i don't know i feel like the sound and everything like they don't sound like lasers they're not lasers <laughs> i mean to me to me like i actually go the other way unless unless there's a plot point of them loading it like i actually i mean i almost feel like like uh, you know, Scorpinox missiles could practically be considered an energy weapon the way that they're done. Um, you, you know, I mean, I. But he's clearly he's, their missiles. I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of what basically what I'm what I'm feeling that, or or maybe even like he's t- he's pulling the charge from his gun because I mean, he's even if he's firing bullets, he's not using gunpowder. He's he's uh yeah. you know he's shooting it with a with a. Uh, some sort of energy that shoot that makes the bullet go. I don't know how physics works, um, <laughs> but so he's probably taking the charge out of his gun, one way or the other. So he's basically oh, yeah. leaving himself defenseless. I think is is kind of the point. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of the main thing that I got from him because what essentially what he does is he when he diverts all of his power from his weapons to his field dampers. Uh, it's it gives him maximum tolerance for the energon fields in the area. And so, I was just mean it could probably go both ways, and that's like Optimus could be like you know take power from my field mm-hmm. dampers and put them in my jets. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and that, I mean that could be. I just I I feel like if that was a thing, then they would. Well, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's variables. I think, I think that's it, it. Explains plot holes that we had in other episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I, I think that what he, what Rhinox is doing, I guess, what Rhinox is doing here is an extreme example of it. But they might have done it to a lesser extent other times. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've had Optimus at times divert power from one system to his jets or something like that. I'm, I'm like 95% sure that that's happened. Yeah. So we, we get Rhinox uh, moving over to the p- pod. He he manages to lift the rock off and toss it aside. Uh, he And then he opens it up and sees the protoform inside. And he tries to get the, the activation sequence to start and get it to scan for DNA, but the AI on the pod comes back saying systems damaged to extensive activation program offline and spark fading. And then it says repair required or protoform will cease to exist in 8.6 cycles. And Rhinox is like, no. So are, are we to assume then, like we, we've had this discussion before about mega cycles and cycles and whatnot. Is Cycles in this instance equivalent to like the Cybertronian minutes. 
Like, would that make sense? Yeah. Maybe? It I, don't really think, I don't think they're seconds, for sure. They're, yeah, they're definitely not seconds. No. If I was... I, I'm just saying, if I was... If I hadn't spent so much time researching uh, Eric's question for later... Um, I'm. I was. I seriously considered actually timing out the how much time passes between the you know you're gonna die in eight cycles. Now you're gonna die in four cycles. Now you're gonna die in two cycles. Try to try to figure out how long a cycle was. Yeah, but but it seems like it's. I mean, minutes sounds about right when you factor in cutaways and stuff. I would say it's pretty close. I mean, like. it kind of has to be because there's that part of the end where he's like, oh, there's four cycles left. And it's like, okay, so if it's four hours left, he's not worried. It's got to be four minutes. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, then, yeah. too, with, um, as we'll find out, because what, what, essentially what happens next is Rhinox realizes that something is coming. And he turns around and we get Cheetor jumping into the, into the crevice with him. And Cheetor's like, oh, you managed. He's like, Rhinox? And Rhinox is like, Cheater, what are you doing here? He's like, I saw the pod heading for Crashville, but I didn't expect to find you. He's like, I'm glad you did, because I need help. This protoform's dying. And it's like, dying? What do you mean? He's like, well, the stasis pod's been damaged, and the activation sequence is disabled, and and it's burned out the locking chip. So apparently the the locking chip is a uh, computer chip that would have been able to put this... The, the protoform in the stasis lock. And apparently that's broken. So, And stasis locks is what buys them time to either repair themselves or to get repairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes it, it makes them go it from a liquid to a solid. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure it's to keep them that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was so there's, like, there's this liquid metal like formation around this like base form. Which is um, what's what a protoform is. I mean, like we kind of saw it in Tigertron's episode a little bit, but we get to see it a lot closer here. Right in Tigertron, like it was just you just like got a quick glimpse of the of the Megatron model, right? Because wasn't that wasn't his stasis lock form? Know, just was, the model. That was of the Black Arachnia episode. Or that was Black Arachnia. Yeah. Episode. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. My bad. Yeah, because we never actually got to see Tigertron in the. Um, in his protoform, although at one point, like a hand comes out of his pod, and then it sort of gets pulled back in very quickly because he gets shocked. Yeah, no, it was Black Arachnia. I was just wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, because I remember thinking when I saw this, I'm like, so how come this one was sort of in a liquidy form as opposed to the other ones that we saw? But you know, I imagine the liquidy the liquidy form. It's over the skeleton, and what happens is after it gets the data for what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. liquid metal forms into like more solid metal, and then mm, or other so. bio. There, even, I feel like there was an... some biofluid because it's some of the parts are animal, right? So like, yeah, I, th- I think it kind of like forms over this this blank slate and um, like hardens and, yeah. and. So so there was specific yeah. explanation of all this stuff. When I read a bunch of stuff from the TF Wiki in the Tigertron episode, because that mm-hmm. was where the a lot of the where the where the term protoform uh, came, and I, I but I don't remember the details. So um, all the people who just started listening uh, like three days ago and listened to all the episodes so far, um, they're the ones they're going to know they're going to be experts on this matter. 
Um, but I, if I remember right, yeah, it's like the yeah when it's in stasis lock, that's when it goes. That's when it becomes solid. When it's in that like soupy form, there's an explanation for it. I don't remember. Keep talking about the episode. I'll look it up. <laughs> so from here, we we get a a bit more of an exchange between Rhinox and Cheetor. Uh, Rhinox is essentially if if I don't do something quick, the protoform spark will be extinguished. And Cheetor's like, well, then let's get in gear. He's like, what do we do? And Rhinox is like, I wish I knew. And then we... I, I think I'm pretty sure that this is where we would have had a commercial break, right? Or would it have been it cut to Tigertron, and then after that we would have had the commercial? Um, yeah, no, because it cuts to Tigertron, and there's no, like, there's no, like, stops. Black nah, true. It, so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I found so. the thing. Okay, so the pro it that's the protoform is when it's when it's uh when it's like the it says protoforms consist of an unspecified free flowing metallic matter layered over basic robotic systems. So that's the that's the protoform when it's when it's like liquid metal and then when it goes into stasis lock it be, it looks more robotic. Okay. And the TF and the TF wiki uh, has a picture of a, a few minutes from now in when it when they go into stasis lock, and it's and it is captioned T E H so like like the misspelled you know and it says <laughs> naked air razor <laughs> exclamation point exclamation point one exclamation point and then look spelled A L at sign at sign K. <laughs> so, oh my! Lots of fun on the TF Wiki. Killer job, those folks. Oh yeah. So we we cut to Tigertron at this point. He is running through a forest, and what I can assume is in the direction of uh, Cheetor and Rhinox. He pauses and sort of sniffs around a little bit, and is like Predacon. And then he he very quiet. Well, he quietly says his activation code, and then transforms in his normal volume. So not even stealth mode. Tigertron stealth mode. He probably realized that it was pretty pointless the last time. Yeah. So he manages to transform. He grabs his guts gun and hides behind a tree. And then we cut to Scorponok, who is crawling along a rock. And what does he say here? Oh, yeah. He's wondering where Black Arachne is because he's like, now where's that sour spider gone? And Tigertron comes from behind the tree and just says Scorponok, he's like, where are you headed in such a hurry and who else is with you? And Scorponok's like, bah, I'll tell you nothing, Maximal. And then as he starts to transform, oh yeah, this is another thing. Tigertron shoots his gun and freezes Scorponok. Yeah, he's, he's got cryo ammo. Yeah. I don't know when he got cryo ammo, but he's got yeah. it. Well, the guy, you know, whoever like, wrote this... Oh, sh- White tigers and ice. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Whoever wrote this episode decided that it must have seen the first batch of episodes and was like, "Why doesn't anyone's guns do anything?" And decided to, you know, actually have weapons have consequences. Yeah. 
Although it was kind of funny because Scorponok is in the midst of about to transform and Tigershawn shoots him then. So like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, nope, not happening. It's so, like if he he should have just not set his activation code. He should have just transformed. Exactly. He was like, work. no, you're not you're like not allowed to shoot me in the middle of the transformation sequence. That's not that's not how the game on, that's not how this works. Power Rangers <laughs> <laughs> or Sailor Moon. <laughs> Or well, other episodes of this know, show, like trying to fight them during there, and you just would get burned to death by the excessive power that that light is outputting. Yeah. That actually canon. That is a plot point in RPM. <laughs> <laughs> they, he actually at one they realized because the the Power Ranger Disney uh, era they did uh, they did ran the Power Rangers would morph and then there would be a random explosion behind them. Like that was this the like cor- sort of cheesy effect that they did like constantly, and they explained it like with because that's a tech season, so they explained it, they explained the tech of it, and then actually later in the episode used it to defeat a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I love RPM. It's great. Yeah. Anybody, oh anybody who uh, who hasn't seen Power Rangers RPM uh, should watch it. It's good. Mm-hmm. And not even like, like just of- because it's Power Rangers. Like, it's like a legitimately good, fun show that's got a great balance of like good acting and dark storytelling, and but at the same time, like has a sense of humor with itself and does things that you wouldn't think you could do with a kids show. Yeah, I found that RPM was pretty good, although I wasn't able to watch as much of it as I would have liked. Like, I never got to see the end of it. Well, it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I should try and catch it on Netflix. I got sick and I like spent a week just watching all of it, marathoning <laughs> it. Uh, my, I watched it with my wife this summer, so that tells you how good it was. My wife watched a Power Rangers show. Yeah, it must have been really good because there's no way that I could get my wife to watch Power Rangers. Because she doesn't have, she has no no nostalgia for Power for Power Rangers. So it. it yeah, it actually has a lot of awesome moments where like they question stuff about Power Rangers you don't question in other ones. Like she's like he's like they're like why does it look like a bear? And she's like it doesn't look like a bear. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <made> the sword. Like <laughs> it's Say, got well, bear eyes. It's like those are headlights. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> he says yeah. There's there's a whole yeah. There's a whole similar uh, exchange with their uh, like the activation code that they have to say to morph. Um. You know, similar to this, because they have, yeah, they have, like, you know, they have to say RPM get in gear. And she's like, well, no, it's a, you know, it's a code that's specified to your vocal pattern so that you'll, so that other people can't use it. Anyway, Beast Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Getting back to it. So once, uh, once Tigatron has uh, frozen Scorponok, we get Black Arachnia. She is, she winds up coming down from the tree that Tigatron was hiding behind. And transforms, and she transforms without using her activation code. See, and right. yeah, so she's like, "What a pity!" And then she shoots him with. So instead of like her sort of anchor-looking missile, she shoots is, him with just like a recolor of yeah tarantulas. Yeah, she gets a new weapon. Yeah, and it looks like some sort of a funky arrow that gets shot out of her gun. She's right in the tiger Charles tiger eye. Yeah, and it's and I've been reading a lot of Berserk lately, and when we think of that, 
<laughs> happens a lot in Berserk where people get shot in the eye of arrows. Very Ooh. common. Uh, I feel like his reaction, <laughs> it looks like um, if you ever see a mo- whenever people in a movie take acid. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, at least it's it's the eye instead of the knee. Oh, oh God. Skyrim joke. I used to be a maximum <laughs> like you took an arrow to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Kendall tried to stop me. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it! <laughs> no! But yes, we... Uh, once he's hit with the arrow, it... Uh, he, there's this funky red sort of energy that courses through him. And has come to find out, apparently, it's some sort of cyber venom that Lacarachnia has developed. It's a psychedelic like, drug that uh, yeah. was designed to control hippies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she need to develop it for hippies? I mean, I look, I don't know what's going on. I don't pretend to understand the inner workings <laughs> of Lacarachnia's mind. I just, I just recognize acid when I see it. That's, you know. <laughs> Well, I've how seen does it look like acid. I'm, I'm confused. Like, when you take acid, does your body glow black and red? Haven't you like, seen Haven't you seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? I haven't. I, it's how they did. They make it look. Or, uh, but does it make it look over on their bodies, or do they see that? <laughs> they well, <they're> both. Okay. <laughs> so what we need to do is see a POV of of Tigertron, and if he's seen the same things, then we know for sure that it's acid. Actually, if you want to go, if you want to go even de- like an even deeper cut, what it really looks like is the is the movie that's I think based on a Philip K. Dick novel, A Scanner Darkly, the drug oh. that they take in that. Do you know? Do you know the movie that I'm talking about? It was like, it. yeah, it's like, that's, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I know what you mean by the like the visual look of it and the cell shading kind of yeah. actual yeah. people thing they did. Yeah. Also, right. also, Robert Downey Mostly, Jr. was in that too. Who was in it? I think Robert Downey Jr. was in that. Keanu Reeves was the main character. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I kind of. Ne- I mean, I think I saw that was. It came out before Iron Man, so I didn't know who Robert Downey Jr. was. Um, <laughs> I mean, he did same. do <laughs> Yeah, but I was a child before that. Mm, like I was. Okay. I mean, uh, I was like twenty years old when. Uh, when Iron Man came out, so I wasn't yeah, I mean, uh, an aficionado. Candle okay. are pretty much the same age, and I, I kind of have the, have the exact same experience. <laughs> okay, I guess I can. I can't blame you two for that. <laughs> it can be feel old. I remember like the cast, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. And I'm like, who? <laughs> well, he had been in the. He had like been in the news as like in that he was an alcoholic or something because that was the joke. Yeah. Was like. Oh, the cast of Robert Downey Jr. is perfect because he was an, he's an alcoholic and Tony Stark's an alcoholic. Yeah. Except except in the cinematic universe he's not really an alcoholic, but uh, maybe a functional alcoholic? Yeah, yeah. I mean he he's yeah. He's never it's never been a I mean in Iron Man two, like he kind of went a little bit overboard, but um yeah. it's never been a plot point that he needs to stop drinking. It, it kind of in Iron Man three, they kind of went went more with like he's obs- he's addicted to working on his suits, yeah, more than anything. Like it seemed like, yeah, I suppose that works. But yeah, anyway, getting back to Beast Wars. So, as as we were alluding to earlier, Tigertron is having some sort of a, 
parent acid experience. <laughs> and black arachnia is, is like, but don't fret. I'll be back for you when I have your precious pod and the new Predacom within. So I'd kill you, but I'd be inconvenient to the plot of later episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we cut back to Rhinox and Cheetor. And Rhinox has sort of mentioned something to, to Cheetor. Like, we're sort of getting into this conversation sort of partway through. Because uh, Rhinox is like, well, this could be dangerous. It's like, if you soak up too much Energon without a locking chip, you'll fry every system you have. And then Cheetor's like, well, our new Budbot there deserves some kind of chance. And you know a lot more about protoforms than I do. So... Apparently, Rhinox is going to take out Cheetor's lock chip to use in the pod to get this protoform activated. Which apparently is a thing. Okay, you're reading that scene. You were perfectly synced up with with Rhinox and then Cheetor. I think you might. I think you're. <laughs> I, I think you, for whatever reason, it worked better with Scorponok, though. So. Yeah. Okay. So, Rhinox. Um, gets Cheetor to, to transform and sort of sit down. And he's like, this will only take a nano click, but he's like, but you'll have to go offline. And Cheetor's like, I can use the snooze anyway. And so he activates his repair mode. So his eyes go dark. And then we get this little dream sequence. <laughs> it's kind of funny because Rhinox just sort of spins into being out of like the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what's new pussycat? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it last time. <laughs> the running thing. Somebody has to sing Tom Jones when we have the Pussycat thing. Indeed. <laughs> so, Chiror asks Rhinox what's going on, and we then cut back to Rhinox, and he's got he reveals a spark in his hands. And Cheetor's like, oh, it's a spark. He's like, yep, the very thing which makes us what we are. It's like every Cybertron, Maximal, or Predacon has one, and each one is different. So he, we then get this really cool scene because the spark sort of flies up, and we, we, we have Rhinox say, when a spark comes li- online or goes online rather there's great joy and then we see the spark that he was holding sort of shatter and he said when one's extinguished the universe weeps and it, though i and guess that wasn't his spark it looked like, kind of like he no. pulled his own spark out and that he's like it's gone oh, that would be creepy <laughs> but uh so this the screen goes dark and then we get we cut back to where we were before and Cheetor's like reactivating. He's like, whoa, that was ultra gear. And Rhinox, Rhinox <laughs> is like, tell me about it later. Like you were saying earlier, John. He's like, tell me later. He's like, and go back to beast mode. So, so Cheetor goes back into beast mode. Rhinox installs the chip and the pod says stasis lock restored and this is when we get we go from liquid form to solid form on the proto form. So so uh, so uh, so you think you think Tigertron was having a bad trip, but Cheetor, this is what a good trip looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's great. You get to see the universe and stuff. That, that didn't even occur to me. That I didn't even make that connection. That I that it looked like 
uh, Dino, the Tigatron was on drugs, and then Cheetor has the weird acid dream. <laughs> he utilizes his natural cheetah abilities. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like a sympathetic thing with Tigatron. Like a like Maybe. a like when I get drunk really, and then my wife kinda starts acting like a little funny. Really it was an excuse for exposition. <laughs> well that's what that's what uh that's what drugs are usually used for in, in media. That's <laughs> true. Well it depends on the depends on I mean sometimes they're used as like this like horrible thing that a character's going through or like a motivation for somebody, but yeah, sometimes you yeah yeah they 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 going through a terrible thing, and then there's an inner monologue explaining what they're going through. Yeah. But yeah, so we're we're about halfway through the episode now. Why don't we take a quick break, and then uh, we'll get back to it as soon as we're as soon as we're back. Yeah, like like Cheetor, we're gonna take a little snooze. <laughs> <laughs> left off, Rhinox had managed to stabilize the protoform and get it into stasis lock. And we then get Cheetor saying, well, why don't we just take the pod back to base and we can use the art chamber to, to help restore it and stuff. And Rhinox's like, there's not enough time. We have to get this protoform online and into beast mode as soon as we can or it's finished. And of course, just as he says that, his sensor goes off saying Predacon detected. And he's like, and we have another problem. So we cut to Black Arachnia, who is in this sort of... She's not quite to the crevice, but she's pretty close. And she she's like, oh, what a lovely spot for the birth of a new Predacon. And then we get uh, Cheetor, who is apparently up on this rock pillar, who's like, don't count on it, web breath. <laughs> and this is the part where he says, by the way, how do you dance with all those skinny legs? Oh, you we dance with uh, all the impudent legs. <laughs> so Black Arachnia sort of retorts with uh, that it must be her day for cats, seeing as how she had Tiger Shroud earlier and now Cheetor. And so she uh, tries to shoot a energy web out of her thorax, yeah. uh, which was kind of creepy. And Abdomen, Cheetor, not thorax. Oh, my, isn't my isn't that how it works? Isn't it head, thorax, abdomen? And abdomen is the bottom part? Okay, yeah. I got my terminology messed up. I apologize for anything. I don't know. You're probably better at science than me. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, an energy web gets shot out. It doesn't hit Gidor. He manages to, to avoid it. And he starts taunting her. Uh, saying that she's going to have to be faster to bag this cat, as it were. And she says, you don't know what fast is, Furball. When she said that, I almost wanted to, uh, I 
it's because I have a nephew who watched Cars. And when she said that, I almost, in my brain, wanted to hear ka-chow, ka-chow. <laughs> but I didn't get it. It's like, oh, oh well. But, uh, so Cheetor responded with, I know what ugly is, and you're it. So, great comeback. Yeah. He he manages to jump off the pillar that he's on as Black Arachnia jumps at it to try and get him. And then he transforms when he jumps off, he flips, transforms, takes off his gun takes out his gun and shoots the pillar, which sends her sprawling in her spider form. And she has a bunch bunch of rocks land on her. So squash. He, yeah. not really. Yeah, sort sort of kinda of squash and actually this is gonna bring up the other point that I had. Because Cheetor's like Fast Cat 1, Spider Zippo, and as he transforms back into a cheetah, she gets angry and says, no one does that to me, and she transforms <laughs> and throws all the rock around. But the thing is, when she transforms, did anybody else notice that she apparently had no neck? Um, I'm not there yet. I'll get to that in a second. See you in what... Yeah, like... Just a few seconds there. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's got no neck. <laughs> yeah. It's like her head got squished down into her torso. Uh, uh. Even though she's yeah. raising her shoulders for no reason. Like, really yeah. high. <laughs> it was really weird. And actually, that, that might have to be my screen capture because there's a point where she shoots off her, her uh, leg guns, like her machine leg guns. <laughs> she's sort of scrunched with no neck <laughs> just shooting and it looks so weird because her head's like vibrating with no neck and it just looks so wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks a little awkward yeah so Chior manages to hide behind a rock on some breakers the bug is back and then we cut to, to Rhinox, who hears all the stuff that's going on. It's like, sounds like Cheater's got his paws full, but I can't stop now. And so Rhinox is like trying to, I assume, load a program to, to get the protoform online. And, excuse me, and it the, the pod won't accept the program. And it's like, Spark will terminate in 4.8 cycles. And Rhinox just sort of slams the keyboard. He's like, ah... <laughs> frustration and so we cut back to to black arachnia who's looking around she's like come out kitty cat and she's got like this cute little voice she's like i won't hurt you and then her voice sort of gets a bit deeper and she's like much there's like a little creepy there yep yeah so so we get this uh little scene where she's looking around and i'm trying to remember how this goes exactly with Oh, yeah, because he's behind the rock. He he sort of pokes his head out because he's in in cheetah mode. Maybe she won't hurt me. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> she, maybe she won't. And then she tries shooting her guns again. And he transforms back, and he goes out. Literally, you see his eyes go dark to like indicate that he's closing his eyes, and he's just <laughs> shooting randomly. And he opens his eyes, and he's gone. Dark. Let's check that out. Yeah, yeah, they are. Wow. And then she beats yeah. the crap out of him, which this, yeah, this scene I, I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah he apparently really made it up to the rock, and just basically after he shoots, notices finally that she's gone, 
She literally just grabs his arm and just starts kicking the crap out of him. Although, of course, you have the Asian character who knows karate. It's a little... Is she Asian? I look at her. She is, like, super Asian. Okay. I mean, I didn't... At least I don't really see She looks like a geisha. I mean, I think her eyes are actually... This taste there. Hey, I'm just... I I definitely relate to, to, to tarantulas. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> you know. oh, yeah. but I, I can, I can, I can, I can see what you mean, though. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I, I can see it myself, see. but I, I can. Yeah, it's just not the first thing I thought of. Is all. Well, it's you know, it's subtle racism. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm not even. I'm not even going to say it's really racist. I mean, the, all the people can can hit stuff. And, uh, and and the fact that she looks like you know that she has a stylized version of a character doesn't nec- of a particular ethnicity. It's not like super overt, and she's not like it's not like she's good at math because of it or something. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> but but I mean, she definitely she definitely does have a little bit of racist, or I mean, not racist, a little bit. She does look a little bit Asian to me, just like uh, Tigertron looks. I get a kind of a Native American feel from him. Um, I, I like <clears throat> the idea of like. Them all sitting at like computers and and like try to be like, excuse me, uh, Black Arachnia, can you do these calculations for me? It's like what? Because I'm Asian? <laughs> what? No, no, I mean like no, I'm getting scared for this. And she runs off. <laughs> Little did we know that she just did that because she didn't want to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Getting back to the episode, so Cheetor, um, he gets his hand, he gets his ass handed to him, pretty much. Uh, he gets knocked down, uh, she pulls out her gun, and she's got another one of those energy arrows, like, she, and she points it, I want to say, like, what, that had to have been maybe a foot? Not, like, yeah, it's like a couple inches away from his face. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, it. Ha- I guess it's just the length of her arms, but she has those claws things, so it would you think it'd be pretty dang close to him? Yeah, it's like she's like got him pinned down on the ground when she points his gun, points the gun at him. Yeah. I guess it could be a couple feet, but yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he uh, he but managed yeah. to get one over on her. Yeah, because <laughs> she shoots the arrow and he manages to to catch it. Yep, and using then fling his, it using his cheetah pre. Precognitive abilities. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you go. Oh, it's like it's like <laughs> uh, the uh, like because he's so fast that he can see the future kind of thing. Yeah. Because I was thinking he used his like super speed. But yeah, that makes sense. That you, yeah. He worked in tandem his precognition with his super cheetah. Right, it's like a Jedi. Yeah. Exactly. So he catches the arrow and and flings it back at her, and it nails her right square in the forehead. Yeah, <laughs> and we just have her own trip. Yeah, so she ha- <laughs> she has her own trip, or no? Was it? It might have even been in between her eyes, which would have been like the most accurate shot that he's ever had in this series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's better at throwing. He's better at throwing. Although to be fair, that was like point blank range. Yeah. Definitely. And he's not actually. Chiora's not that bad at like about like not hitting things. It's just that his gun doesn't do anything. I mean, no. I mean, there's just there's plenty of times where he doesn't hit stuff. And like I said like his gun does stuff against like everyone but Megatron. <laughs> the only gun he's, like not being able to affect with it. Um, I was about to say, too many can't use his precognition to lead a shot properly on a flying opponent. 
It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So a shoot at um. Well, it's oh, so hard to tell. It's so hard to tell whether when when the way that they animate him shooting at uh at fly at at waspinator and uh, and pterosaur, it's so hard to tell whether they got hit or not because the explosion always happens really close to them, and but they don't like recoil from it. Yeah. Well, from because they probably didn't get hit because, like I said, he shot Scorpion once before and Scorpion flew off. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So. He cheaters sort of managing to to gather himself, and he's like, "Man, she could really hit." And then as he <laughs> says that, uh, Waspinator buzzes by, and Cheater goes to reach for his gun behind him, realizes that it's not there, which was kind of cool. So he finally realizes, "Oh yeah, my gun's not here." <laughs> he manages to find it and sort of kneels down to take aim. Still doesn't hit Waspinator. And we get Waspinator saying, who dares attack Waspinator? And so he transforms, and Cheater's like, oh, got his attention. And now to lead him away, and just as he's about to say that, we then get Pterosaur transforming, and he starts shooting. <laughs> he's like, oh, give me a break. So... <laughs> Would that break involve a Kit Kat bar? Very, very well could. Man, now I really want a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> Good job, oh. Jordan. We're on Craig's night. <laughs> oh. oh well. So, with Cheetor preoccupied with the two of them, uh, it cuts back to Rhinox, and or no, first he he starts uh, glitching out because he doesn't have a lock chip, and his body is saying uh, because. He's like locking chip offline. He's like sister system overload is imminent. So he has to transform back into beast mode and he starts running away to try and lead them away. Then we cut to Rhinox and with Rhinox, he uh, has attached a cord from his shoulder into the pod. Yeah. It's just some quick, quick and fast and dirty wiring. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, using what he has. That's true. So, and he, what does he say? He says, download sequencer program through my central processor. And then the pod comes back saying, warning, process could damage your circuitry. And he's like, just do it. <laughs> so, the, you see the, the screen on the pod start scrolling through Cybertronic. I'm wondering what the Cybertronic text here was saying. I couldn't find a, a translation of it this time. Yeah. But I wonder if it was like, you crazy rhino, what are you doing? <laughs> Is that even Cybertronian text? It looks different. Um, Hold on. Let me take a look at it again. I just happened yeah, to pause sure. it like, with that on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't pay attention to Cybertronian text. but <laughs> It looks like it. I'm pretty sure anyway. Is Cybertronian just one of those languages that, like, uh, uh, this squiggle means A and this squiggle means yeah, B? Yeah, it, it, it is pretty much a, a symbol letter cipher. Okay. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I yeah, think that's like Cybertronics. Mm. I so think it'd be funny probably, if it was like... You could probably actually translate it if you, like, took some time and stuff, but, yeah, who cares? 
That's a lot of work. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get paid for this shit. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. With how fast it was scrolling and what 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 the scene was did, they might have just did like uh you know numbers there or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Like, I like saw a matrix it. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it is it is zipping right through there. Yeah, so there's like yeah, no yeah. Way that anyone could normally read that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's you're right. I had it paused on one frame. I didn't realize that it was scrolling through. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So as the text is scrolling, we we see Rhinox. He sort of is in pain, and then he gets flung. He has like an energy surge in his shoulder. It flings him. Uh, away from the pod into the wall and he just sort of falls over and he starts having an energon surge and he manages to transform back into his beast mode and sort of passes out you could say as he does yeah. that the uh, the pod finally activates and starts scanning for a life form and we did from- it. Yay. so we, we cut back then to, to Cheetor, who's still getting chased by Waspinator and Pterosaur. And he's yeah, sort nice of getting... Zoom, like, chased yeah. through, through this landscape. Yeah. And Waspinator almost seems like he's sort of leading uh, Cheetor a little bit. Like he's trying to, to shoot him in the right direction. Only Cheetor sort of leads him mm-hmm. and... And Cheetor is like, ah, I can't keep this up forever. And so he jumps over one of the, the Energon geysers just as it erupts, and it catches Waspinator. Chekhov's geyser. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he gives him enough of a surge to pretty much knock him into stasis lock, because yeah. he, he doesn't fall apart, but when he falls down, he's he's out. Yeah, Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of Energon and he's shot at him. Yeah. So. so, Cheetor... Uh, from here, uh, excuse me. He he's like, oh man, that was close. And then just a little Ter- wink. Yeah, he does a little <laughs> wink, and then Pterosaur shoots him into a rock. <laughs> so he gets knocked out, and Pterosaur is like, oh, looks like the pod's gonna be mine now. It's like so much for maximal presence. Two out of three ain't bad, Cheetor. Yeah. <laughs> also, you so, notice how he says mine. He doesn't say ours. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's gonna make a new lieutenant. <laughs> He's got a thing for lieutenants. He's gonna pull a tarantula to make a girl pterosaur. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we we come back to the pod, and Rhinox is sort of like coming to in his rhino form, and he sees pterosaur. Uh, floating down from the sky in a very awkward pose. Like, it, it was really weird. It's almost like yeah. crotch first in a way. But let me, let me rewind here. I kind of, I kind of felt like it was like him bracing for landing. Yeah, I suppose. Swinging his legs yeah, out to, to, to for impact. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he he manages to land, and. He walks up to Rhinox and pulls his gun. He's like, well, well, Rhinox and a stasis pod. This is my lucky day. And then he's like, and your last. And just as he says that, uh, we hear the falcon, a, falc- a bird, turns out to be the falcon <laughs> from earlier, because foreshadowing, folks. And the pod says, compatible, life form found, beginning replication. And we get this little sequence where the spark inside the protoform starts to speed up. 
and Pterosaur's like, what? No. And then we, it's really weird because we see this largest Vulcan sort of shoot out of the pod with energy surrounding it. Yeah. And there's this big cry. And then Rhinox is like, still feeling lucky, Pterosaur. So we we then get this little fight sequence, which is pretty cool because uh, the the Falcon picks up Terrorsaur by its shoulders. Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, because Falcons are like one of a smaller birds of prey too. Yeah, this guy's big enough to like this girl's He's big like, enough to pick him up by the shoulders. Like, it, in relation to size, like how Rattrap is a giant rat, this is a giant falcon. Yeah. Yeah. But she manages to 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 fly Pterosaur into this cliff face and sort of slam in it, slam him into it. And Pterosaur like gives this little squeal, and then she is see his shoulder cannons pop up, and he starts chasing after the the Falcon and shooting his cannons. And we get this sort of extended scene with them flying around. Uh, he doesn't manage to hit her. So apparently he went to the same school of accuracy that, <laughs> that uh, Cheetor did. And the, the Falcon sort of dives down and Pterosaur loses sight of her. And then we cut to the sun and the, the Falcon, as it turns out, is a new maximal named air razor. She sort of uses the sun, the sun. Yeah, flies out of the sun, <laughs> trans, transforms, and then they sort of they smash into each other's start falling to the ground and then manage to separate and we get this little uh pterosaur tries to shoot her again and only she does like a mid-air splits yep. and then ducks and then hits him with a wrist missile and then the wrist missiles do rapid fire we don't yeah. see them connect with pterosaur but then we we cut to the ground and we see parts She's of him like, start falling she, yeah She's like, justice reigns from above. <laughs> and she says, for Thanagar. She seriously looks like, uh, well, I mean, it's Farah. It looks like her. Like, they look very similar in that they have this, like, eagle helmet thing and then these little wings in the back. Like, I totally was reminded of Farah as I saw her flying around. Mm-hmm. From Overwatch, so, for people who don't oh, know. Okay, I was I was funny. referencing uh, Hawk Girl. I got I got yeah. the girl. Oh yeah, Thanagar. She she looks exactly like a Than like or, or any of the Thanagarians. Like, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. I think Which both else? could work. Yeah, like I was I was I was surprised at how much because I mean you know, Airazor doesn't Airazor doesn't show up in every episode. She's like Tigertron. And she like kind of comes in. Yeah, kind of comes kinda, and goes. Kind of comes and goes. Um, oh, and, she's uh, always so scouting things out. Yeah. I didn't remember her that well, especially in robot form. Because, yeah, she's like she, scouting, so she's always a bird. She can go further than 500 meters. Right? Yeah. Right. She's a dedicated flyer for the Maximals, too. And by the way, is it just me, or do you guys feel like there was a kind of like a falcon thing in the 90s? Mm, a little like, bit. Because we did white... have it in Power Rangers. Yeah, the white falcon sword, then it was like this character, and then like, I know, and then I can only think of three examples, really, so maybe it's, it's just me and my perspective. Everybody's favorite Animorphs like, uh, character, Tobias. I was going to say Animorphs was, yeah. um, was, he, a, was a falcon hawk. and Animorphs. Yeah. But there was still a falcon character. I think Cassie's bird form was a falcon. Uh, Jake's was the peregrine falcon. Um, okay. Oh, I thought it was a red-tailed hawk, but yeah. Red-tailed yeah, hawk, yeah, yeah. Was, red-tailed hawk was Tobias. Red-tailed hawk was Tobias, dude. Oh, Tobias. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I was because he was a guy who had to stay as a bird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. see. Until I don't remember time, what Cassie time, was. Time should not, yeah, it was an osprey. I don't remember now. But I remember like falcons being a lot in the '90s. But again, that could just be my perspective as a kid who was into animorphs, beast wars, and Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Yeah, I was never into animorphs. But yeah. Hmm. I want to check something here. When did? It's not like the clear thing where in like twenty, what was it, twenty thirteen, where archery was like in everything. Okay, no, I, I, what what I was what I was uh, I like because I, I like archery a lot. <laughs> I was just wondering when uh, uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, was on was on Adult Swim, but that was in two thousand, so it was after this. Yeah. So we we then although get... although. I was gonna say, although my, I know by this point they've already did the, uh, the the the, you know how Cartoon Network used to have like their own little et- edited uh, et- animated shorts and stuff that they did sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I know that the 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 Birdman short that they made, Coffee, Coffee Break, was was already shown by this point, <laughs> which is still one of my favorite things, just because you know. Uh, you know, he it's just Birdman sitting at his console with Falcon Seven, like worriedly looking at, looking at his 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 pet hawk, and he's like, what, he's like, what's the matter? And he's like, he, he's like, should should your, you know, should your hawk be sitting on the console? It's like, he's like, what? Oh, Avenger, he's completely trained. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's like his talons are dangerously close to the Doomsday device. And it literally looks like like looks down there, and there's like a button in black that says Doomsday device. It's like nonsense. He's fully, fully <laughs> trained. Watch this, Avenger. Get Birdman coffee, which is the line that always makes me crack. And then you just see him clawing, and it goes down. And and right beside that black button that's a Doomsday device, like right to the left, is one that says coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh one of the stupidest, but just so. Oh, and they play like the the exact Hanna Barbera music that they always played in like traumatic you know like in dramatic moments and those things like it was it's a really good uh short that they they were parodying and like made and it was it's always makes me laugh whenever i think about it <laughs> oh. back to terrorists are getting blown to bits yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we have pterosaur and the very last item of pterosaur that we see is his head and his mouth is agape and he's yeah. just, it just falls to the ground um we then cut to air razor uh, flying to Rhinox and she she says you're Rhinox he's like how'd you know she's like I'm not sure but I think I owe you my life and then he comes back with well let's say we're even <laughs> so I was like from, aww when I saw that <laughs> yeah. so from here we cut to the Axelon now and it's sort of the camera's sort of panning around the Axelon and we get a voiceover of Rhinox. He says, you're a little late this time, Optimus. Fortunately, the way that Rhinox says it is he sort of pronounced it both as Air Razor, even yeah. though from everything I've seen, it should be Air Razor. So just yeah. like one R and, you know. But he's like, fortunately, Air Razor took care of business. He's like, they'll be salvaging Pterosaur for days. So Optimus welcomes her to the Maximals. And she's like, well, I don't really know what to make of all this. And Rat Trap is like, if you're smart, you'll make tracks. <laughs> and Cheetor says, pay no attention to the rodent. He was born with a major glitch. And then Optimus <laughs> is like, you'll get used to everything, including them. 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then he's like, now how about a tour at the base? So just as they're walking off, we go back to Rhinox, who says, when a spark goes online, there's great joy. And then we see Cheetor with this sort of funky Yay. little grin. And then that's, that's like my dream that I had. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the episode. And Tigatron uh, must have gotten, the, I guess the venom wears off. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, not they all venom kittles. Yeah, true. You probably had to go on this, into the restoration chamber for it, a bit, I would just, say. I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess uh, in when uh, off camera, somebody must have gone and rescued him, but it's like, he specifically was like paralyzed so that they could come back and finish him off, and then it didn't. But yeah, and there was no like follow up to that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. So, we'll say it was Dinobot who who rescued. Dinobot him. did okay. Yeah, yeah. He was he he stood there for a moment, and he was eulogizing seeing him, thinking he was dead, and he just <laughs> like, like he's like, like, like will I'm you just dead. take me? <laughs> And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> he's like, damn, I never get to have my funeral. <laughs> so yeah, thoughts on the episode. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like that they introduced a new character. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a good job of showing what they can do. Yeah. I like that they introduced that lore with the spark. And yeah. Obviously, it was pretty yeah. cool because it's i mean yeah. it's been carried on for so long now yeah and and that's one of the things that you know like when i first watched it or when i was remember growing up watching that like it just kind of was like one of those things where it's like oh that makes sense and mm-hmm. you know like you don't think about it but then you realize oh my god like every, all these series and all this stuff that they reference and stuff like that really just came back to this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it uh and they did it very elegantly. They've they've introduced you know they introduced the concept of the proto form and uh, and everything in in pre in a couple of previous episodes. And then they really kind of they really kind of solidified what things are. And then you know introducing the idea of the spark in this. And it wasn't in a way. A lot of times when shows sort of have this this lore you know this we said you know it said that they used the the dream as an excuse for exposition but i mean i just watched the i just watched the end of the second season of sailor moon uh the last couple days and those episodes are there's like six episodes of nothing but exposition and like these types of shows that can be that's a danger when you have uh when you're trying to introduce complicated uh concepts and and this and this one is introduced very elegantly it's very straightforward i mean you know i looked up some stuff to clarify some of the terminology but it's not like you needed to know that in order to understand what was going on yeah um and the and and really the concept of the spark is just a very uh it's a very clever thing the idea that it just sort of came out of this um this you know this random episode of the first season of the show yeah, there you go. I mean, like, yeah, and like, I was, I was gonna say that I liked the the action set piece is really fun too. Like, I mean, on top of everything else, like, yeah. and it was, it was a good like time limit episode where it's like we gotta kind of um have this thing that has a a window of opportunity and yeah, it was, it was just good stuff. I found that they didn't the the episode to me didn't feel rushed. 
like it has in some other ones. Mm-hmm. I thought they, yeah. they really used the time well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could say they maximized their time. Uh, uh, as corny as that sounds. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I found it... it Overall, the the episode flowed really well, and w- with the addition of the lore and like just sort of like we've all we've known that Rhinox is like Mister Fix It and the strong guy, but this side we sort of see Rhinox is more spiritual than what we would have really expected him to be. So I thought that that was a cool little character trait that we got with him too. Well, and this was also, I mean, it felt very. Uh like a Star Trek or a Stargate episode with the, um, you know, you got the guy doing the, you know, sort of teching the tech and then, mm-hmm. and then you've got the, uh, the other, you know, sort of cutting to the action. Um, I did think it was a little odd that the Predacons didn't seem to be prioritizing actually going to the pod. I mean, I know that they were dealing with the threats, but like, it didn't seem like anybody was was actually going after the pod. They were just kind of trying to chase after whoever was whoever they ran into, which was a little bit yeah. a little bit questionable. And uh, I mean, this is the like when I was well, a kid these these new character episodes these these uh, 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 po- uh, stasis pod episodes were like this is the you know this is the drama because. You're actually gonna the stakes actually cha- there's actually things at stake because the the balance of power is at stake when when you're and you don't know sometimes the good guys win and sometimes the bad guys win in these episodes because they have to because you can't ever have one team have too many more than the other but like yeah. I don't know it it seems uh, this happened a lot sooner they introduced Air Razor a lot sooner than I thought they did in the in the show. Which sort of you know it being the third one, and so that means it's like one in every five episodes they've introduced a new character. It's a little, little yeah, bit much. Well, I knew for sure she was in season one. There's only so many episodes in season one, yeah. so I like. didn't realize that transmetals get introduced at the end of season one until like a week or two ago. I thought, I thought there were like I thought that season one was like was like the first two and a half seasons, and then the <laughs> transmetals are like in the last five episodes. That's. Nope. That's how that's how my memory of Beast Wars uh, is is shaped. Because like all this stuff, all the all my memories of Beast Wars are pre transmetals. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just played the maybe they played the first season in syndication over and over and over again. Oh, that's certainly possible. Yeah, they they sometimes did that. Yeah. Kind of like what they did with uh, the Frieza saga with DBZ. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It just would not end again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, so there's the episode. I think we had some questions on the Facebook group this week. Uh, I wasn't sure if we had any emails, though. I double-check. Uh, besides, well, we got an ad for, for another podcast called CB and Seuss, <laughs> which I'm not sure what that is. I An ad? Do we do, do, we do, do, we do ads for people now? Because I'm cool no, with that. just... I'm just, I'm just, I just wanted to point that out because, uh, apparently, I don't know, they, 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 they followed us on Twitter. So, you know, something that we'll probably have to look into, see if maybe, you know, they like our show or something. Cause it'd be, it'd be nice to have more, you know, more folks, uh, cheering us on. Um, but other than that, I couldn't find any on the, uh, 
on the in the emails or Twitter, sadly, but we did get some from the Facebook page. Awesome. And Zach asked us actually a, a really interesting one that uh, uh, that I was thinking about, but um, he points out that Transformers has done some weird uh, crossover stuff with over the years in toys, like the Darth Vader that transforms into the Dar- Death Star stuff of that nature. My son's got that toy. <laughs> if you could pick a franchise to have Transformers Transformers toys of what would be, and what would be the two forms? Hmm. Well, I'm confused. And, hmm? So if so, if we were able to take another property, okay, because like we we've had like Star Wars uh, Transformers. Uh, there has been yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. That that are actually in that are classified like in, with the Transformers brand, like Star Wars yeah. and Transformers sort of work together. So what Zach's asking is if we could take another property yeah. and have, make Transformers with those, with that property, what would you want to see and what would they be? Mm. Uh, I I mean, like, it's it's an, it's an easy answer, but a kind of, like, Gundam would be kind of cool, honestly. Yeah, that would be kind of yeah, Having so. a Gundam that turns into a car, something like that. <laughs> I mean, they kind of already have it with some of the Gundams, like, Wing, wing zero well, yeah, because Wing, wing Zero transforms from from yeah the plane that sort of got a bird plane mode, yeah. To, yeah the bird mode and, to to the and robot technically mode. what is it Jetfire that's that's true uh, too that's very similar is a is no no his toy is a is a, a Robotech slash Macross uh, oh Valkyrie. yeah that's right thought <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, so that's, like, an easy one. I'm trying to think of things with, like, because it wouldn't, it could, I couldn't just put, like, a, a property that's all humans, right? It has to have a, some kind of, like, large vehicles in it. Yeah. Um, like, st- like star- the Star Wars ones are, like, Millennium Falcon transforms into a robot, you know, like, yeah. kind of things. So. And you know what? I've always thought those things are dumb. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I to me, like, I thought, I actually did think about this for, like, a, a, a fair amount of time this afternoon, and, like, for me, you have to have a story reason for why they transform. So, like, yeah. so like it works. You know, it works for it works really well for Beast Wars because of the Energon thing, and and then it also works, um, maybe to a lesser extent in regular Transformers. I don't know. I haven't really followed that that closely, but like the idea of robots in disguise that kind of that kind of works for me. But like, yeah, especially if it's. Cause like the um you know the Darth Darth Vader into a Death Star thing, I haven't seen that specific example, but I've definitely seen Star Wars characters as Transformers, and they are never a very good, like it's never a very good representation of that character in the in their uh, human humanoidish form. It might be mm-hmm. good in or one of the forms might look good, but both of them aren't going to. Whereas you know Transformers, you intentionally have the what? What are the things called that are the remnants of the other form? Oh, the kibbles. The kibbles. Yeah. You like intentionally have the kibbles designed into the into the figure, so it so that it looks good. Whereas, like if yeah, I mean if um, you know if Darth Vader has like random bumps on his arms, that's you know that doesn't look like Darth Vader. And I mean, I, I I I do agree. I mean, I think 
if you're gonna have a Millennium Falcon toy that transforms into something, don't make it transform into Han Solo. Make it be a gen- yeah. just make it be like this is a Millennium Falcon robot. Like make a design a robot. Um, that's I don't know. Robot, that's almost you know? that that specific example that you just gave almost sounds worse. But I understand I what you're I saying. Mean, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, like, I guess it's your thing. But for me, it's like that's just a fun toy. I yeah, mean, yeah. like that's just. Fun, a cool I don't. Idea. You gotta understand. I hate fun. <laughs> I get. It. I gotcha. So. Um, Actually, I thought of another property, too, but I'll let Jordan yes. go first there. Oh, well, I had a couple of things that I was going to mention. Like, I, my first thought, like, when I was thinking about this was I'd like to see, like, Sailor Moon Transformers. But then I realized I'm not sure what they would would do because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's – it's not like the – like, they had those uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers where you press a button and their head flips and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But – um. Robot versions of the Sailor Scouts that transform yeah. cars could be kind of cool. Or, well, the other thing would be, like, robots that turned into planets, but that would just be more edutainment than, than fun, if you ask me. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah. But um, what I did think of that might actually be fun is just, like, a like iconic uh, car line or, like, vehicle line. So, like, you have like cars from movies or shows or stuff like that that turned into robots like say the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters or another thing or, too <laughs> or 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 Kit from Knight Rider or I thought about that well, one too I I was going to say the Dukes of Hazard card but that's no that's not good this time no What about the Battlestar from Battlestar Galactica That would be kind of cool like just be How like, is like a Metroplex type one like one of the yeah. big gestalt ones <laughs> like have the Vipers as as like the the smaller ones, and then have the Battlestar as the big uh, almost Metroplex like one. And uh, but there is also one thing that I think it looks like. Well, mostly I've mostly seen like fan fan made stuff of it, but they I because I don't think they actually did much of a toy line for it, even though they probably were thinking about it. And that's GI Joe and Transformers. Yeah. Like they've done, like there's the comic series and stuff like that, and where basically the Transformers were some of the vehicles that the GI Joe has used over the over the years. Like you know, like um, Starscream was a what was one of the Rattlers, and um, I'm trying to think of like uh, you know, um, Megatron was like a hiss tank, and you know, like that that's actually like a pretty good idea because it kind of like meshes the two things pretty well but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like I said like it doesn't seem like they actually did make many of those toys or like they made many toys for it so you know it's, it's, yeah yeah. so I was going to say um, I said Gundam is a one anime property that could like have Transformers another one that's more Beast Wars style and they've kind of done transforming toys of this but not really but Digimon so like the Digimon toys they have that transform are like Gray Graymon turns into Metal Graymon. I mean like there's a fucking like Graymon that transforms into like a robot guy like Beast Wars. Didn't that'd be pretty cool. Have a line of toys that actually did that? Like that... I don't think so, but it's possible. And if there yeah, is, like, I want to look into them. <laughs> like not so much as like they were tra- called Transformers, as so much as they were just changing toys that changed to their evolved forms. Well, yeah, but as I'm saying, like they had Greymon in the War Grand and so the Metal Greymon, but I mean, like literally, just like a Greymon that turns into like a Beast Wars type guy. Yeah, see, like, I, a robot I think... that has like Greymon pieces on it, mm-hmm. or like 
uh, Garurumon who transforms into a guy with like Garurumon pieces on him, but he's not like they're not literally like like it's literally Beast Wars both Digimon instead of animals. <laughs> um, I, and another property, but yeah, can, can uh, I was I was just gonna jump. Uh, I actually I I had thought about Pokemon if there was a if there was a, a Pokemon. That would cool transform too. to, but I don't like transforming into robots. I think I think if it if you could have a Pokemon that transformed into its evolved form through the use of twisty turny, that that's a situation where I would approve it. Uh, you know, if you could get a, a Pikachu evolve into a Raichu, I don't know. I can't think of a good example of a Pokemon <laughs> um, that like you could do it, but like I don't know, one into the next. Pedicross. The Bedlam Metagross. I, I would, I would, I would love to see Mega's Mega uh, Megatron be a Charizard. I mean, that'd be <laughs> fucking cool. And like, and like Blastoise turn into a robot guy. That'd be that'd be cool. Like Blastoise would be like Rhinox, I think, even though he's not a Rhino. It just kind of fits. Um, and uh, another property is um, which already it already does this in in the in the fiction, but I don't think they made I don't think they made transforming toys for them. But um, in Shaman King. There's these, uh, there's this group of Shaman King guys and shamans in the tournament that all have angels. And at first you're like, and after I re-looked over the designs after knowing this fact about them, I'm like, oh, I can totally see it. But at first it's like, oh, they look like robot angel guys. That's cool. Um, and, and they, they try to say that they literally have like, oh, I literally have the angel, Archangel Michaels working for me. And like our leader has God working for them. But what it turns out is that they were lying about having the actual angels and his their spirits are just cars. The car spirits. Hmm. Like, um I was actually thinking about this in like one of the episodes of Teenagers of Attitude. I'm not sure it was a bonus one or the main one, but they were talking about how does like common rider ghosts like motorcycle have a ghost? Like how does it have a spirit? Well, it kind of like Shaman King kinda of did this where it's like if you care about an object like so much, it kind of gains a spirit. Yeah, and actually, yeah, that's 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 kind of a whole philosophy in in a lot in Shinto and in some other Eastern yeah, religions totally. that yeah. that objects can have a spirit and or an or animate or like an animism kind of philosophy, yeah. you know, like that's there's a whole slew of like uh, demons and ghosts and stuff that from Japanese myths that are based off of objects just basically being cared for. Or uh, existing for hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah. and they just kind of just gain an- <coughs> the ability to animate. That's where that like weird, you know, umbrella ghost thing that you sometimes see in in anime and 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 stuff, yeah. or 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 the ghost lantern things. So I would love to have those Shaman King Angel toys that actually transform into the cars. I don't think they actually made those. I think they they definitely made like statues of the of the of the Shaman Angels, but I don't think they've made like them transform into cars. But they totally look like they can. Like again, I didn't notice this. I, they just look like robots to me, and I saw them like from many chapters and many um, episodes of the anime. But if you actually look at the designs, you can notice the kibble. Like I can't believe I never noticed that before. Where it's like those are headlights. Like um, so it. They look like they totally could work as transformers, um, if done right. So I mean that that'd be really cool to have. Cool. So next question. Okay, and then we've got a couple of questions from Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, let's let's 
Let's go. Yeah, with, let's save the big one for Kendall. Because the <laughs> there's, there's, there's two that kind of go into each other, and then so we'll start with the one that's kind of has not too too close ties together. Yeah. So why doesn't Megatron have feathers? Um, my guess is that he told the computer not to put them on. <laughs> it's like it's like here here's the thing, and according to research, this is what it looked like. It's like no, I don't want that. <laughs> But are you I'll sure? look like a chicken. He's like, are you sure? You can quack. No, I want to roar. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think Conan O'Brien did did an overdub of where he shows like now we have to change uh, Jurassic Park and it's just just shows the T Rex breaking in front of me. He's like, quack. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that. Um, I'd say uh, one of two reasons. One, uh, their computers are uh, that tell them what they think the thing looked like are from 1996, mm-hmm. um, so they didn't know. Um, and the other possible reason is this is not Earth. This is Earth with two moons. Maybe the dinosaurs on Earth with two moons didn't have any feathers. There you go. That's certainly uh-huh. possible. And then we Just have... blew your minds. Let's... <laughs> else has a comment we nope. can <laughs> nope. nope okay um well the the easier of the two is like do transformers have have to avoid salt water and <laughs> i pointed i pointed out to eric that later on in the series we actually see that that's not a problem for for them and he and he said and he retorted with maximals and Predcods paid extra for the deluxe undercoating yeah, but sense. I actually remembered in the Transformers movie, uh, Hot Rod and Cup were underwater for quite a bit oh, of time. Yeah, remember? that's right. And it, by the looks of it, it looked like it was a, a seascape. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like robotic sea animals. So, mm. so I, I guess like basically, I guess space robots are made to stand these kinds of conditions. Yeah, and not to, to confuse people, we're talking about the animated movie that came yeah. out in the 80s and not the Sorry. Michael Bay one. Because people were like, I don't remember Hot Rod and Cup being in that one. <laughs> I, you think I wouldn't, enough I, to, like, they might have been, I don't know what the names of any yeah. of the characters in that movie were, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, and now the big one is, can Transformers be baptized? Okay. Kendall, you, you did some research on yes, this, so I'm, yes. I'm curious as to what the, the result yes, is. So, 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 it, uh, so when I when I saw that question, I was like, you know what? I know somebody who could answer this question. My uh, childhood friend uh, who I borrowed the transmetal version of Cheetor from for an extended period of time, uh, Jeff Hughes, he was, the, uh, he was the minister at my wedding. Um, and he is sufficiently nerdy to have a you know an answer to this question. So uh, the way I phrased it was, I figured there wasn't literally going to be an answer about Transformers specifically. So I decided that I was going to focus my research on aliens and ro- and and robots, whether they could be baptized. And um, okay. so uh, so this is his. This was his was Jeff Hughes's initial statement, which. Uh, I have more more stuff after this, but this is a a, a, a straight answer, uh, succinct using theology and stuff like that. So, first of all, in the ancient world, all kinds of people got baptized by all kinds of religions and worldviews. The practice was infused with extra meaning uh, within Christian baptism. 
There is no mention of aliens or artificial intelligence in the Bible, so any theological ideas about it are kind of just speculative. And now he's going to start speculating. Now, the concept of aliens is an interesting question. If they exist, they don't inherit Adam's sin and therefore have no need of salvation in the same way humans do. Therefore, baptism for them would just be a symbol of deep adherence to a religion or school of thought rather than anything deeper. So his, his basic answer to that is that, um, is that, they, that they don't need to be because they're not descendants of Adam. Which actually, this is something that when I did, when, when I did some further research, that kind of did come up for both, for both aliens and for uh, robots. That because, because you didn't have orig- uh, Adam's original sin... Um, but then, but if what? But because, like, say, like artificial intelligence are man-made, like, right? Be, they are basically children of man. Would that still count? So that makes it even worse. Um, and that uh, actually was addressed in uh, another in an article that I read uh, by a blogger named James Atterbury, A T T E B U R Y. Um, he he posted a copy of his Christ, the answer to his Christian ethics final, where he um, where he uh, he went he the idea was that hypothetically he w- if he was a minister and somebody uh, uh, asked if they if they should baptize their robot child and he re- he wrote this really long thing and if you read it it really sounds like something out of like an X-Men comic book or like a hard sci-fi or something like the vil- that something that the villain would write in hard sci-fi okay. like he almost I think he was trying to um uh use some of the arguments that are used against homosexuality um in the Christian by certain types of Christians and and stuff um so so the 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 essay is a little bit is a little bit weird. It's uh, yeah, but um, he did make some some interesting points. So he did speci- I I did uh, pull out a few. If I the the robot child is named Aiden. So, um, uh, so he says he did not die for angels because he did not become an angel. Like, talking about Christ, he likewise did not die for Aiden because he did not become a robot, but a human like you and me. Did Christ? Did Christ die for the computer that transported you over here? Of course you would say no. Why should it be any different for Aiden just because he looks more like you or me? Um, and and then he also brings up Aiden cannot be a participant in uh, the kingdom of Christ because he cannot be in Christ because only fallen descendants of Adam can be redeemed by Christ. And he had he actually had a lot of uh, biblical you know citations for for a lot of his claims, but. Yeah, so so both of those both of those um suggest um otherwise. Now, uh another article that I read um kind of suggests that you could interpret it in a different way. Um this is from another blog called the Cranic Blog of Vith. Um says that actually um <clears throat> the debates about robots and aliens are not new. Um and uh because actually Jesus said at one point he said uh that his 
that his apostles, uh, when he told his apostles beside them that he had other sheep that are not of this fold. Uh, this text has been taken to refer to everything from Gentile Christians to the existence of aliens on other planets to Christ's supposed visit to America to establish the Mormon church to the African Michigans and now to machines. So, um, so there, so Jesus did say something, uh, suggesting that it might go beyond, it might, you know, that sort of contradicts the, the man Adam thing. Um, and, uh, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, um, well, actually, two other things. First of all, I googled "Do androids have a soul?" and read my, read the Yahoo answers, and a, apparently, the answer is no, because souls don't exist. Um, <laughs> it was like literally there would be like an actual answer to the question, and then somebody would say no because souls don't exist, and then somebody else's like thoughtful philosophical answer, and then no, souls don't exist. Um, now, uh, and of course, I don't have the. Well, do I have the date of this article? Because that would make this point a little bit better. Let's see. Um, Pope Francis. Uh, looks like this was an article from 2014. Um, he actually uh, brought up uh, baptism of aliens in a sermon when he was talking about, uh, I think it was, shoot, was it was either Peter or Paul uh, ministering to uh, groups that were unthinkable at the time. Um, and he said, uh, if, for example, tomorrow an expedition of Martians came and some of them came to us here, and he said, just to clarify, he says, Martians, right? Green with long nose and big ears, just like children paint them. And one says, but I want to be baptized. What would happen? Who are we to close the doors? In the early church, even today, uh, there is ministry of the ostiary or usher, and what did the austere do? He opened the door, received the people, allowed them to pass, but it was it was never the ministry of the closed door. Never. Um, also, um, the uh, okay, uh, there the Vatican scientist uh, guy Consolmagno, who I did a little bit of research on, and he's a he's basically the top uh, astronomer for the Vatican. Um, Suggested in 2010 that aliens uh, have souls and, and could be baptized if they asked for it. Uh, any entity, he said, any entity, no matter how many tentacles it has, has a soul. <laughs> so. See, there's hope for those tentacle monsters like out specific, there. Yeah. That's specific. So, so I, you know, I there there definitely is a theological argument. Um, I'd say probably what I kind of take from this is um, whether it's whether it's whether or not uh, it will do anything for them is kind of beyond uh, beyond man but it's probably uh, like if they want to be baptized then we should let them be baptized I think is kind of what I can't what I, what I pulled out of uh, what I pulled out of my research so yeah, there's your answer there you Eric <laughs> there we go do we have any other questions, Jordan? Nope, I think that was it. Okay. Yeah, does anybody that, have, that was, was it. Does anybody have anything they wanted to plug this week? Um, um yeah, just uh com and John R seven two six on Twitter, Instagram and Twitch. Uh I'm we? a at K Holman on Twitter. I've been tweeting more recently. Uh and uh <laughs> 
Also, uh, Kay Hallman on uh, YouTube, I've been posting my, my ukulele videos uh, every so often um, and trying oh, to get nice. that a little bit more organized. And kendallhallman.bandcamp.com for my uh, album, which is still there. Yes. Yeah, How I, would you, I need to... Oh, I was just going to say I need to subscribe to Kendall's YouTube and that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I'm pretty good, so nothing <laughs> new going on. I mentioned uh, I've made a huge mistake already. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Oh, wait. Uh, like I know I've mentioned Jesse Cooper's like Turn to Page podcast, but I don't think I've mentioned he's, he actually does like two other podcasts. Okay. Uh, one of them... Uh, it's called uh, Random Sampling, which he does with uh, Carrie. I think it's her last name's Nelson. Carrie Nelson, and uh, sometimes a guest. But basically, what it is is that they'll basically go to Wikipedia, hit random article, and and then like you know have a discussion about it. And sometimes it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting, like because sometimes you know the random button, and I think they said like uh, they've actually like done things where like how many times does it do we have to hit random before we get some uh eastern european city <laughs> uh but just like silly little things like that and um the other one that he's been doing recently is uh alphabet flight where he basically if i don't know if anyone remembers those old official handbook of the marvel universe <laughs> things like they they put out in 96 like these basically like encyc like encyclopedia uh, encyclopedias of yes. Marvel characters in alphabetical order and he's literally just basically got like the whole stack of them so he's just basically picking them up and going starting with like Ant-Man or whatever the very first one and, and is just going through them like a couple at a time per week nice right on so that's all I've got to plug okay well I, I don't really have anything to plug myself either because mainly I have this so I'll plug this. Uh, always, uh, as always, please feel free to, to join us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us there if you want to search. Uh, we are the War and Beast Podcast. It's a public group. Uh, so anybody that's listening out there, if you're on Facebook, feel free to you know look us up. If you want to join us, we'd love to have more folks on there. It's uh, just another way for folks to be able to interact and send us questions and you know, have some general discussion. We we post pictures up there every once in a while, like we did this episode and and a few in the past too. So, uh, as well, if you want to look us up on Twitter, we're at War and Beast. Uh, we normally that's where most of the updates for when the episodes get posted are. are uh, but of course, they're on the Facebook group also. And of course, please uh, support uh, our network. Uh, we're part of AudioEntropy.com. Uh, we're, we've got 12 podcasts although one unfortunately is on hiatus now uh, just temporarily uh, the HM96 podcast is on hiatus for the time being because the host is going to be moving uh, but uh, we hope uh, Fiona has a good move and that yeah. she can get back up and running uh, once she's all settled in but uh, for the time being uh, we wish her well and hope that uh, the we uh, have some new episodes uh, for that coming up soon. Uh, and of course, uh, Eric uh, sent us some questions for this episode, but he was on last episode. He's got his new podcast inside the Master Studio. Uh, that's up there now. Uh, but please feel free to, to check it out uh, and support, uh, whether it be by subscribing to any of the podcasts that are there or uh, 
you know, if, if you really like what you hear, uh, they've got a donate link. Uh, any of the money that, that goes to donations are just used to, to help maintain the website, you know, pay for the hosting and, and uh, you know, just make sure that we're able to, to still provide you guys with this. So, yeah, there you go. It's been another week. <laughs> another episode. So, let's roll, folks. I've been counting. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. Yes, for the War and Beast for the War and Beast podcast, I have been Greg. I'm John. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. There you go. Now we can roll out. Who dares attack Waspinator? <laughs> Doesn't dare. Hobbitses. <laughs>